Welcome to the Freedom Challenge Online with host and director of the Freedom Challenge, Tracy Doherty. Our mission is to do good by helping enslaved women and children, to do more than you ever thought physically possible, and to do it together by connecting women with a heart for a hurting world. Hey, Freedom Sisters and listeners, thank you for joining us on this episode of the Freedom Challenge Online. If you've never heard of the Freedom Challenge, I want to encourage you to check out the show notes from our website, as well as go to our parent organization, Operation Mobilization USA, for more information and details about the mission and what we do. To get us started today, here is Michaela to give us a recent update on an impactful ministry that really showcases how our challenge is creating their freedom. Michaela? Yes, thank you, Tracy. So I get to share with you about one of the ministries that we support. They are called self-help groups, and they are being established all across the globe for the poorest of poor women with the goal of equipping them on how to address the problems they are facing. So in a groups of about 15 to 20 women, they meet weekly and are guided by a trained facilitator, identifying the most pressing issues in their families and communities. Then the women set about addressing those issues themselves. This is truly a grassroots movement grounded on the principles that every woman is created in the image of God and every woman has gifts and abilities and when united, women are immeasurably strong. It has seen women tackling issues as diverse as domestic violence, child marriage, literacy, public transport, and clean water. And in addition, self-help groups help women reduce their physical poverty. Each week, every woman deposits a small sum into the common cash box. These funds allow members to take loans to start small businesses. From making pancakes to knitting socks, women are earning enough to buy food for their families and send their children to school. This is a self-sustaining model in which funding only goes to the training of the facilitators and facilitators only work with a group for two years. No funds or supplies are given to the groups and yet there has been a positive impact on over the 50,000 women worldwide who have participated in these self-help groups. One story of the self-help groups we would love to share is from an undisclosed location for the protection of the women, but last year has seen much bloodshed on the streets of this undisclosed city. Many women in the self-help groups have lost their sons and daughters and husbands to the bullets of the military police, and many self-help members have also lost their own lives protesting for freedom. Yet, the women desire to see their country healed. So, they approach the Bible Society, or TBS, and together with TBS, they are running trauma healing workshops in an attempt to heal not just the last year of pain, but many years of conflict and distrust between Muslims and Christians. These workshops focus on the need to live together in peace, and that is achieved by sharing and not hiding our pain. If we share pain, the trauma will be healed. They tell many stories from the Bible during these workshops. And there are three self-help groups that meet in the women's sections of their mosque. These women are especially excited about the trauma healing workshops, saying that this is the first time that they have heard trauma healing, and it is just what they need. 
But then their husbands discovered that their workshops are run in conjunction with the Bible Society, and they forbade their wives to attend and associate with Christians. The women protested, but when they arrived at the mosque for their workshop, they discovered that their husbands had locked the doors of the mosque and were barricading the entry. The women, not to be deterred, shrugged and walked off, thought long and hard about new places they could meet, and simply continued their trauma healing training in a different location. So, self-help members are strong and continue to become stronger with each passing year to fight the unique issues in their immediate community together alongside one another. Thank you so much. Back over to you, Tracy. Thank you, Michaela, for that awesome update. On this episode, I'm joined by guest Stacy Blackwell, who works for Operation Mobilization USA in the People Care Division. She is a licensed counselor and has field experience working in OM and Costa Rica. She has a graceful and joyous countenance, and I am honored to have her on the Freedom Challenge online podcast today. She's going to talk about how God is inviting us to walk in the joy and hope in the midst of uncertainty and tension. A couple of weeks ago, we were having an organization-wide online gathering, and she had a segment on soul care. And I felt compelled in this season of our world to ask her to drop in and share some of the nuggets of wisdom that she had for us. And I can tell you, we had some breakout sections, and Stacy and I happened to be just the only two in our breakout, and I was captivated by her passion for Jesus. I loved her story and how she actually got into OM and the field that she loves and how she is doing this good and useful work of flourishing for the kingdom and the world. So... Stacy, thank you for being here. And could you just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your background and what actually is people care in Operation Mobilization? Hi. Yes. Thank you, Tracy, for having me. It's an honor to share today on the Freedom Challenge podcast. My name is Stacy Blackwell, and I currently work for People Care in Operation Mobilization. My background is a master's degree in social work and a professional counseling license. I'm also certified as a trauma counselor, uh, working with children and their families. Within OM, People Care is a team whose job it is to provide emotional and spiritual support for overseas workers and those working within the US as well. So we work to train people before they go overseas, check in and assess how they're doing on our global orientation, as well as provide support for them while they're overseas and debriefing after a crisis, moving different countries, coming back to the U.S., or leaving the organization. So our goal is to help overseas workers be healthy workers and flourish in all that they do. That's beautiful. What an amazing, that's what I love about OM, Stacy, is the fact that we even have something that supports those who are doing this very important frontline work. And, you know, you yourself had mentioned to me in our conversation that you started out in OM in Costa Rica. And so I wanted to invite you in to just sharing a little bit about what that was like for you, how you use your skill set there. And then also our listeners really are passionate about this idea of um, seeing the 
cycle of poverty for uh, women and children across the world being disrupted. So would you speak a little bit into how you have seen that happen through the ministries in OM that you are a part of in Costa Rica? Yes. So when I was in Costa Rica, one of my main jobs was actually to work in children's ministry. So I would work with the children at the same time that the women's ministry meetings were going on. So working with the children, we had a lot of recreational games, Bible discipleship, it's about important topics, stress, hygiene, conflict, family. Um, and the women's ministry is called Proceso Perla, the Pearl Project Ministry. That was designed as a way to really support women in two different ways. One, biblical discipleship, and the other, skills mm. training. So this was born out of the heart of OM to desire to help and support women and also give them skills that they would be able to, to bring the family out of poverty to, to have an economic income in their household, a way to financially support their families. So while this began in the heart of Costa Rica in the capital, that looked like women learning how to sew and learning how to make mosaics, beautiful things and sell them. And it shifted um, to actually a more rural area of Costa Rica in the mountains. Talamanca is an indigenous reserve. And so the program shifted there to be able to help break down the barriers that the community in Talamanca is facing. They experienced a lot of alcoholism, absent parents, teen pregnancy, witchcraft, incest, things that really come against the lives of women and children and families. But the women there are incredibly strong in the way that they provide for their families. And we wanted to use this women's ministry really to give them the skills that they, they would need to raise their family out of poverty and be able to create something new. And along with that, to bring hope alongside of them. Yeah, I I have heard this. Um, we were highly engaged in this project even before I was the director of Freedom Challenge, but I heard about the ministry there in Telemunca. And one thing I appreciate and uh, really love about OM is the commitment to go to these least reach places, to move beyond the city centers and so forth. I've even seen some of the beautiful pieces of art and uh, skills and products that have come out of that project and have, was you know, just really moved your heart thinking about the dignity that that was giving these women to, you know, perhaps not sell their body or their children or just become entrapped in the places that vulnerable women often find themselves. So Stacy, would you share a few stories that you encountered firsthand that are just you know, they're, they're stamped in your heart. You'll never forget these women. Will you share a few of those with us? Yes, there are so many amazing women in Telemanca specifically. I think that God really has a heart for seeing mothers take care of their families. Um, one of the stories I'd like to highlight and introduce you to a person is Emilce. Emilce is about 32 years old, and I met her four years ago on my first trip to Telemanca. She would come every day to our base, our building that we would stay in, and she would work with us, cook meals for the different ministry teams that were there. And at first, she was very hesitant to sit in and be part of the women's ministry. But behind the scenes, she was always listening to the conversations that were going on. Uh, her and her husband had two children at that time, a six-year-old and a 14-year-old, both girls. Her husband worked in banana harvesting and planting when there's work available. It's a pretty rural area, so all work is pretty much temporary. 
and a few years into our friendship, Emilce showed up one day with a few more children uh, than her own, and she wow. shared that they were her four nieces and nephews. She shared that she was taking care of them for a while, just as a side note, and we soon learned that her sister-in-law had become unavailable to take care of her children, so Emilce and her husband, Miguel, actually decided to legally adopt her four nieces and nephews. Um, they did it very quickly because they didn't want the children to have any uncertainty. And so overnight, their small three-room wood home went from housing four people to eight. Um, they live about 800 meters beyond the reach of electricity in the village, so they have no electricity. Um, just a real, really rural environment. But the thing that impressed me the most about Emilce is just her desire to want to know God more. She shared with me on one of my last trips how her and her husband used to attend a Catholic church, but they really questioned some of the things the priest said about God. And she felt drawn by something inside of herself to grow and to know more about this God. So she shared that through being involved in Noam, through sitting in on the meetings, through coming and just listening, that she grew so much in her understanding of who God was and decided to make that a personal relationship instead of just a name. Wow. Um, that's beautiful that yeah it's pretty amazing and so her and her husband now have a family of six kids and they work in their community and the way that they do life and that they show what a godly family is like and how to take care of one another really shines jesus love in this community that has been so long in a, a spiritual darkness there's now spiritual light and it's amazing i want to say to that too just thinking about the age of these girls and we love it when we can see prevention, right, from going down a path that would be so destructive. And how this family, under the influence of, you know, obviously the Holy Spirit, the ministries there in OM, were able to really rescue, or not even rescue, just prevent, um, you know, what, what could potentially happen in these kinds of environments. So that's really, thank you for sharing. That's really beautiful. I have another story about a woman named Belise. She is a spiritual warrior. She is a single mother of two children. One is in her 20s and her youngest son is nine. He accompanied us to actually be the translator because while in Costa Rica they speak Spanish, in this indigenous community they have their own language, Careca. So she would translate from our Spanish into Careca and then back again. And she said that her goal was to always be a missionary in her community. And one day she shared about one of her dreams. She said that in her dream, she was out in the field. She's working the land. It's very hard. And she was trying to plant, but the plants would not grow. And she said, God, how long do I have to be here? And Talamanca is such a hard place. I would like to go somewhere else. And she said that that ground, the hardness of the ground represented her community. And she said that in the dream, God told her that her years of working the ground and plants was actually not in vain and that soon she would see an abundance of harvest and fruit. And she said that that keeps her going. She wants to be in that community to be able to see God in the harvest and to see people come to Christ and, and to see that community become a place of light. So she walks around. She talks with all the family. She prays bold prayers over her community over the people that she knows, she fully believes that God is going to do something great. And we've already been able to see some of those fruits um, from her ministry. And that's amazing. Uh, it sounds like you've kept relationship with 
a lot of these wonderful human beings over the years. Is that true? Yeah, I have. I'm just so honored to know them. And even with Belize, say she shared a prayer with me that really just scared me <laughs> when it was coming time for uh, me to leave Costa Rica and come to the U.S. She shared that if anything happened to her, she was praying that I would adopt her son and bring him back to the U.S. and raise him on my own. And I said, Belisa, I love you, but I'm praying that God will keep you well always and in good health. Yeah. <laughs> we had a good laugh about it. Yeah, that is a little, I mean, you know that you're connected when someone is, is saying, would you take my child? That says so much about you and the deep uh, impact that you made there. I know a lot of our women, if you're listening and you were a part of the ministry here in Costa Rica, we had a trip some years ago to Talamanca to engage with the women there and see the work. And I know that we purchased a quite, quite a few items from the Pearl Project and engaged in the work that was happening there. So I want to say thank you for your contribution. And we're so grateful for these, these pockets of fruit that are happening through the partnership of everyday ladies of the Freedom Challenge, staff and field workers on the front lines for the glory of God. So thank you so much, Stacy. Stacy, a few weeks ago, you did a segment on our virtual team for operation mobilization on soul care. And I was very impacted about how you brought us into this exercise around forgiveness. And I would love for you, I think it would be a timely message and invitation, especially in the climate of what is going on in the world. Would you expand a little bit on that message and talk to our listeners about soul care as well as forgiveness in times like this? Sure. Last year, I was in a counseling training and the trainer asked us all to take time to give away and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to us anyone that we needed to forgive. At the time, I felt a little cynical, a little uncertain that if I had anybody to forgive, I would obviously know that, and I didn't think I did, but I went away and took some time. I was so surprised when after a few hours, uh, the Holy Spirit actually brought five people's names with specific instances of things that I held against them. He brought them to mind. The heaviness of the anger or hurt I had against them all rose to the surface in that moment because I just realized that I had things against these people and I needed to forgive them. The trainer shared a simple exercise that we all can do that would be helpful in the process of forgiveness. He shared that we can take a notebook and we can write a letter to that person. And when we do that, we're going to have all these feelings that come up of the anger or the hurt or the fear behind that. And he said, just write that letter over and over and over again until you don't feel all those feelings rise to the surface. For some people, that might take a few weeks. For some, it might take months. Um, I know that for some of mine, it definitely took months. But really, in that process of reliving what happened, just asking God to help us let go of that. And in forgiveness in the Bible, it shares that if somebody has done something against you, you can go to them and talk about it. Sometimes that's not an option because that person's no longer here or because it's not a safe situation. So for a couple of people, actually I reached out to them to share 
and ask forgiveness and also tell them I was forgiving them if it was something where it was both of us or it felt one-sided. And I was just amazed how God really blessed that and how the Holy Spirit worked with me to change my heart towards them and be able to let go of some very heavy burdens. I think it's really amazing how forgiveness is such a key part of living a healthy life and being spiritually healthy. If we hold things against people, that will only hinder us. It will not help us. God gave us a way to let those hurts go so that we can move on. Yeah, I want to thank you for your vulnerability in that exercise. Because honestly, I did exactly what you said. At first knee-jerk reaction, Stacey, I was like, oh, I think I'm good. And just took the time, sat before the Lord. And within a minute, there were three names that came to my mind. And I really entered into this discipline, even back to basics, you know, as, as a Christian, as a Christ follower, keeping that place in our heart clean. You know, sometimes these things can be like rudimentary and we're like, oh, I I did that. I said that prayer, but allowing the Holy Spirit to take us on a journey of releasing. I thank you for that. And I, I think I would love to encourage anyone listening to this, especially in this time where there are so many conversations that are being had that have cause for offense or misunderstanding, or we don't see eye to eye. I mean, this wouldn't you agree that this time is 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 very heightened if you're a Christ follower to keep that place ever before the Lord in honesty, because there is a lot of opportunity to become offended and to hold on to those things. Stacy, what would be another way that you could encourage our listeners or you yourself have engaged in in this unique season of our world? to stay healthy. Something that has helped my personal mental health and those around me is keeping an attitude of gratitude. In churches and organizations, even schools and businesses, people focus on gratitude because they see it has such a positive example. When I was a senior in high school, I went through a few months of what I would just describe as a funk, a time when I was feeling sad and anxious about changes that were coming. I happened to read the book called The 4-8 Principle by Tommy Newberry, and it really helped change the narrative that I was telling myself. This book is based off of the passage, Philippians 4-8 in the Bible, that says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Our culture consistently highlights negative things and wrongdoing. Therefore, it's very easy for us to see our own lives in that way of highlighting all that's going wrong. Paul in the Bible writes many times to be joyful always, so we know that it can be possible. Tommy Newberry writes, the secret conversations that you hold in the privacy of your own mind are shaping your destiny, little by little. In the counseling world, we talk a lot about cognitive behavioral therapy, whose main tenant is that how we think impacts how we feel and how we behave. So in order to feel joy and live with gratitude, we need to change how we think. A few things that we can do today that will help us live present and focused on our day is even to write down things that we're thankful for. I've done that at different times in my own life, and it's helped me to shift my perspective onto the things that I'm thankful for and help me experience some joy, even on the hard days, just a little bit at a time. My mom is a nurse at a hospital, and as 
the hospital system, they're actually implementing this for their teams to help improve staff morale, as well as focus on their successes and the good that they're doing. So that isn't to say that we ignored hard feelings or bad things. We acknowledge them, feel them, adjust as we need to, and keep moving forward while still keeping our focus on the good. Wow. That's such good advice and very, very practical. Again, getting back to these just basic Christian, Christ follower disciplines, forgiveness, letting go, being grateful. And especially if you're anyone that's listening to the news or scrolling through social media, don't you just feel like this is like, this is like, like it's vital to counteract all of that negativity so that we don't start believing that there's no hope or there's no place for joy. Really love that. How does that work out in your life, Stacey? Do you, do you find yourself, I know you said that you occasionally journal, but, um, you know, for you personally, how do you do that? Yeah, so for myself, I go through different periods when I am journaling a lot, but then I go through some where I'm not. So I'm a verbal processor. So I had a poster on my wall and a pen tape to it. So every day before I went to bed, I would write two things down on the poster. And after three months, it was amazing to go back and just read God's blessings and the ways that I've seen him work through the little things and sometimes the big things, the way that he's working in my own life. And that continues to draw my own heart towards him and fill it with hope during those times. Yeah, that's really good. Super simple. My husband and I this year got a journal that's called the Thankful Journal. And it's so bro- it's broken down. Write the date and what are the three things that I'm grateful for. And even that exercise within our relationship has been a, a really good, I would say, discipline to actually sit down together and say, how can we reflect on the way that God has, uh, or just a person and be grateful? I really like that. In addition to that, just when you were talking about doing it as a team, a simple exercise that we've been doing within the Freedom Challenge team, we've been calling it finding the Easter eggs, because as you know, the whole shutdown happened during Easter time. And there was so much going on that we decided like, well, let's start surveying the landscape of chaos and look and see where we find those little Easter eggs of surprise and, you know, a a way that God helped us to get through or a, a great experience or a friend that spoke to us. So I think those are just simple ways that even, you know, those listening to us can grab a hold of and say, I can do that. I can do that. Before we wrap up, I wonder if going back to the forgiveness piece, and I just I just feel compelled to kind of push into this a little bit more, because like I said, there's just so many opportunities for us to take offense. You imagine, I, I bet you're seeing it, you know, everyone in the same household for months at a time, or some of our... Um, you know, single friends that are were alone for a really long time just by themselves. You know, there's just a lot of opportunity. Is there a simple way that you could encourage us to, like, just keep that area of our life cleaned up in a time like this? Like, what, what would be a few, like, this is a good heart check? 
Yes, I really think that we need to be in a quiet place or quiet ourselves down in order to take time to reflect on this. So just practically speaking, if you take a chunk of time and just want to reflect on that chunk of time to, and ask God to reveal if there's anyone you need to forgive or also ask him if there's anyone you need to ask forgiveness from who you've offended. Maybe he'll prompt that and bring that to your mind. But I found for myself, I'm a visual learner. So to go back, I look at chunks of time. So to say in the last year, think through what were some of the big things that were happening in my life at that time? And what were the situations that really brought out those strong emotions? It's good. I know staying current with your own soul is so important. So like you're saying, is just actually taking time to reflect on these things. Is there anyone I need to release? Is there anyone that needs me to, you know, that that I need to apologize to? Kind of keeping short accounts, huh? Just creating that place to sit quietly and see if there's anything that needs to be cleaned up. I think that if we have someone who's our accountability person or a mentor, that that would be a great exercise actually to incorporate so that it's something that we're coming back to more frequently and not letting a lot of things build up there but also every year on your birthday taking the time to really reflect on the great things that have happened Mm -hmm. and even on the not so great to make sure that we're cleaning that out yeah it keeps a well-managed soul and that's what you're all about is soul care and i appreciate you god invites us to walk in joy and hope in the midst of all of this uncertainty and tension. And I feel like you've given us some really good things to think about. Simple and practical, but they are weighty and they mean a lot. And thank you. And God bless you. Thank you listeners for joining us today. And until next time, let's continue to do good, to do more and to do it together. God bless you. Thanks for listening to the Freedom Challenge Online, brought to you by the Freedom Challenge a ministry of Operation Mobilization USA. For more information about what we do and how you can partner with us, check out our website, thefreedomchallenge.com. And you can follow us on Instagram at the FCUSA.